inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining today. We'll have today as a guest, an entrepreneur and keynote speaker from Sweden. Carl Lillroth is an entrepreneur and keynote speaker from Stockholm, Sweden. He inspires and educates on subjects related to internet-based businesses. Being an entrepreneur for 21 years and growing with experience every day, Carl loves sharing his experience and the many tools and workarounds he developed to force forward in complex situations. He also has delivered two TEDx talks. Hello, Carl. Hi, guys. Thank you for listening. Very welcome. And thank here. you for having me on the show. Yeah, it's great having you here, Carl. And I I watch your TEDx talks. I'm very interested in on what, what you talk, your experience, how you share it. That's something very, very interesting stories there. And I would oh, like you. to I would like to know how everything started with you and long long journey as an entrepreneur. How everything started as a as a professional speaker. Yeah, so the the entrepreneurial journey started in 1996 when I was 16 and I started my first company. But it was a couple of years later when I actually started to do public speaking as a result of me feeling that it was a challenge for me to step in front of a crowd and do a presentation mm-hmm. because like most people i wasn't sure if my message was good enough if uh, i would be criticized for what i said so instead of feeling that stress and that worry i actually came to the conclusion that what i were about to talk about I was the expert in the room. So there was no one that could actually challenge my presentation or my thoughts and my beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I could motivate all these statements and and everything that I was saying based on facts and experience. Mm -hmm. So how long already that you are um, speaking like constantly, very actively? So I've been doing it for about eight years back and forth. Uh, But the last couple of years, I've been doing it more and more. And I really, really enjoy it because it's a platform where I get a chance to share my experience and knowledge with a greater crowd than in my normal consultancy assignments where I work with one client and perhaps a couple of people within that organization. But on the stage, I can share it with a larger audience and especially with platforms like TED and other similar platforms Mm -hmm. where I can share it with uh, the world with the internet streaming platforms. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Now, if you could tell us about your experiences in TEDx, now that you mentioned, I, I saw at least one of them and I like a lot this story when you are swimming on the ice. So tell us a bit of these experiences you have in TEDx. Yeah. 
So, of course, uh, all you listeners should go and see the, the TED presentation also. But in short, I'm a person that really likes challenges. So mm-hmm. one day I decided that I wanted to get more out of my daily life. And for that to be possible, I needed to find the small loopholes in everyday life. Like, where could I squeeze in something more than than what you commonly use your time for? So I figured out that during the lunch break, mm-hmm. I could actually go for a short run and get down to the water where I could jump into the water and do a quick swim and then up again and have a quick lunch and be back at the next meeting in the office uh, within that lunch break without that being a big problem. Mm-hmm. So at first, it didn't feel like something impossible. But after a while, I realized that I wanted to add some spice to the mix, so to say. (laughs) So I set up the goal that we should go and do this type of exercise, me and my friend, uh, every day until the 1st of November. Mm -hmm. Everyone around us said that, yeah, but guys... That's impossible. You can't go swimming in November Mm -hmm. without any wetsuit and Mm -hmm. so on. And that just triggered me. (laughs) If someone say that something is impossible, then I'm the first person that will prove that impossible is just their statement. It's not a fact. So what we did is that we started to swim every day uh, during lunch breaks. And the 1st of November came and it wasn't any problem for us whatsoever. Of course, the water was colder, but didn't really, did not become a problem until a little bit later. Because one day the water started to get closer to zero degrees. Mm -hmm. And as everyone knows, ice tend to freeze and then you basically hurt yourself if you dive into the, the frozen water. So we realized that to be able to get into the water, we need to open up a path where we could actually swim because we were not looking for just jumping in and getting out of the water. We wanted to go for a swim. Mm-hmm. So at first, we actually jumped on the ice to <laughs> break it. It took quite a while every day to break the ice okay but uh, it was a fun thing uh, and after a while we realized or quite soon after like the first time we fell through the ice we realized that if you just wear swim trunks and you jump on the ice and fall through the ice tend to crack in something that is similar to jumping through a glass window mm-hmm. so we cut ourselves mm. quite much all over the body because of all the sharp ice edges. So the day after we decided to uh, actually hack this problem and try to figure out some sort of solution. So we went to the sports store where we got some protection gear that you normally use when you go and play ice hockey, like Mm -hmm. uh, padding for the, or uh, not ice hockey, but actually football protection gear. Just for the legs, because that's where we uh, cut ourselves the most. And it it worked enough. I mean, we didn't have to cover our entire body. We just had to cover our legs uh, with some sort of protection. 
and that worked. So then off to the next problem. And the next problem was to get into the water when it was this cold, because what happens when you jump into cold water is that your body reacts by hyperventilating, which is actually the most common problem to uh, people dying from being in cold water. They don't die from the being in the cold water. They die from hyperventilating until they pass out. And then when they pass out, they drown. Mm. So what we realized after doing some A-B testing, basically, trying different methods, is that if we dive into the water, our movement with the arms is connected to opening and closing the chest, sort of. So that helped us with adding the right type of breathing. And as we move in this pattern, the the breathing follows the same pattern, which helped us to stay away from hyperventilating. Mm -hmm. So that, that small step solved that particular problem. And that is how we worked our way through the entire so-called impossible thing. We just looked at every small step and made one solution at a time. Mm -hmm. And I can go on and on and on about all the small things we did. But uh, as, as, a, as an overview, mm -hmm. the solution to do the impossible is to hack it to really small pieces because eventually what you'll see is that each and every piece can be solved in one or multiple ways. And if you can't solve that particular piece, then try to cut that in small pieces. And you will see that there will be steps that you can solve. And then eventually you have done the impossible. And that was the main, um, the main message of your, or that of that talk, how to do the impossible. Yes. Mm -hmm. And how was the, the other talk you had? How different was the experience with the other one? So the other talk I had was about how to make better use of your brain capacity and how to be able to pass things uh, over from your active brain to the subconscious mind where you actually process data that you collect all the time. So that's on a totally different topic, but again, related to the same type of thinking that you can actually get more out of life. You can actually get to do things that, uh, that we are not really taught to do, but by finding all these different methods, you can actually invent your own pack of, of features that you like to use in your way of life. Mm-hmm. And what you learn from the from the speaker and performer um, perspective? What you learn, or uh, what are you learning from these two experiences in in the in the red carpet in TEDx? I learned a bunch of things. I all, I learn new things every day because I put myself out there mm -hmm. to new to learn new things. But in particular to these events, I would say that. At first, when you prepare for a TED Talk, you practice and practice and practice. And then you most of the times you will be connected to a speaker coach that might change some of your presentation and even in, to some extent replace some words that uh, you normally would not use 
which makes it a little bit difficult because you're now doing a presentation based on content that is not really your way of presenting, but which could be better for the audience, or that's the, the goal of it. So you practice and practice and practice. After a while, you became like a robot on autopilot. And that is not <laughs> what TED is about. Uh, TED is about uh, sharing inspiration and, and energy with the audience. But it's very difficult when you have rehearsed it so many times that you sort of lose touch with, with the inspirational tone of the presentation. But if you keep on going, after a while, you, you know the presentation so much by heart, so you actually can share that type of energy. But that requires that you have that time. And it's not always that we have that type of luxury to be able to spend hundreds and hundreds of hours to do just one presentation and to add to that a presentation mm -hmm. where you're actually not uh, getting any, any payment from in terms of money, maybe payment in terms of mm -hmm. knowledge, capital, and, uh, and uh, the experience of being on the TED stage. Mm -hmm. So in your case, you, you had the chance to, to rehearse many, many times for um, your TEDx talks. I would say not enough. I always want to do better, but uh, it turned out to be okay. If I would do a new TED talk, or I'm actually preparing for my third TED talk, mm, and I... Nice just turn down uh, one TED talk that I don't have time to do but um, from my experience I would probably change uh, some things and I would try to get more of my flavor into the presentation and be less on autopilot which is my goal for the next presentation to actually be there as a person I am without any protection gear so to say because that is how you get the audience with you to actually not present with that type of facade that we tend to have when we're presenting in front of our audience, but actually be there uh, as the person you are. Sure. So when is this event? In, in which uh, city and in, in when, if you can say it? Uh, I will update you on that on my website, carlilru.com, because the, the okay. particular date is not set yet. But it's in Europe, so uh -huh. uh, it's it's close enough for you to travel there, I think. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the invitation. Cool. Yeah, of course. Um, I know also you have written a book called Hacking Your Destiny. I guess it's related to what you have been already telling us through the talks. Yeah. Uh, tell us a bit about this book. Yeah, so that is a book that I actually been writing on uh, on and off for almost 10 years. It started one day when I thought that I was carrying around all these stones on my shoulders, so to say, like really complex questions that I just thought of all the time, but I didn't really seek the answer. So I had the questions, but I didn't process the questions. So I wrote down all these questions like you normally would do with mm -hmm. a to-do list just to get them out of your mind to be able to focus on other things and don't have to process all these to-do things. And by doing so, by writing down the questions, I realized that I actually had a lot of answers to the questions already. But I would never have found those answers if I 
would not have written down the questions because the questions occupied mm. my mind so much. So they sort of made it blurry for me to think about the, the answers. Uh, so that's where it all started. I wrote down the questions and that gave me some answers to these questions. So then I started to process that. And after a while, I realized that this is sort of like a backwards diary, a diary where I was looking back at my life from like the very beginning when I was a small child. After a while, I realized that I have been struggling with questions that many other people also struggle with. So instead of just writing the question and the answer, I started to write like a process around each and every question. And that turned out to be something quite useful for the people around me, uh, like a helping hand. So the book is written in this type of format where I first explain why I wrote the book, how I wrote the book. And then in every chapter, it's like a sequence where I open up with a question and my finding or my understanding around, around the solution to that particular part. And following is a sequence of sort of like a, a method that you could use to apply in your own life. This method makes it possible for you to convert my question to your own question or sort of any question that you carry around so that you could find answers to all the things that you need to find answers to. And I encourage everyone that reads this book to actually think of this as a side note and uh, see if it's not time for you to also write your your backwards diary or obviously that is how you write the diary but mm -hmm. uh, a diary where you look at your life from the beginning it helps a lot and it uh, empowers you by letting go of all these questions and actually finding the answers mm -hmm. so i'll start it writing these questions that were in your mind, putting it putting on, on a paper or on a yeah. written down. That's where it all started. And now it's a full book uh, with a lot of tools that you can break out this toolbox and put in your, into your own life to get more out of your everyday life, but also to help you find the solutions to the questions that you carry around. Mm-hmm. But Carl, coming back to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that you will like it as well. Yes, please. Hmm. I have to check it out, yes. Uh, coming back to your experience as a professional speaker, now that you have much more experience today, ready to have your third TEDx talk, what could you, what could you give advice to other, other speakers who want to become better, will be from your experience to know the the topic that you're covering if you know the topic then you will eventually feel mm -hmm. confident that uh, you can do a professional appearance on stage about this particular topic and also if you know what you're talking about then mm -hmm. people in the stage uh, in the audience then then people in the audience will trust you and they will feel your energy because the energy from you on the stage empower them. You will actually 
see how you how you affect the people, and by seeing that the the people share their energy with you, so that you feel even more empowered. And one other thing that is important to know is that whenever you do a presentation on the stage, there is almost mm-hmm. never anyone in the audience that will just stand up and shout saying that you're wrong or or question what you're talking about because that means that that person will be on the stage and no one wants to be on the stage that's why they are in the audience so that is something that many people are worried about that yeah but if i say the wrong thing yeah Mm -hmm. if you say the wrong thing people will not question you there and then and if you say the wrong thing then Mm -hmm. it's totally fine to correct yourself so if you are more relaxed about the presentation, you will be able to do a more professional presentation on the stage. Mm-hmm. So knowing your your topic very well, and as as you have some you have said in a different way, but to me it feels like is that showing that you you care about this topic. Now you know the topic and you really care about that, and that's why you are you are going there to the stage to talk about that. So yeah, I, I definitely agree yeah. with that. And don't be a robot on autopilot. Be <laughs> yourself. <laughs> okay. Excellent. It's it's very easy to become a robot on autopilot if you just read from a script or mm. if you read from a teleprompt. It's much better if you don't have a script and a teleprompt in front of you, but you actually have rehearsed. And potentially, if you really need something, then just have a bullet list written in your hand mm-hmm. or something like that. If you really need to have some helping hand if you if you're afraid that you might lose that uh uh the flow in the presentation yeah exactly very very minimal notes at least at myself i cannot imagine myself reading teleprompter i never done and i i cannot really imagine myself i would probably no. fail <laughs> okay yeah excellent and the second point you said is about uh, not being worried about uh, that someone would stand up and and try to contradict you. you know that's, that's very and extremely unlikely. Yeah, that's and, and it's true. It's, some people worry too much about that uh, that possibility. Yeah. Great. And uh, Carl, could you share with us what is your favorite quotation? Yeah, so the favorite quote I have is actually my own quote. Mm-hmm. And it's the the quote that I use in the end of the TED Talk, which is, find your new horizon, find out there is no horizons, no limits, only endless possibilities. Mm-hmm. And basically that is about doing the impossible thing and actually don't be limited by other people's beliefs. Yes, that's... That's definitely a, a great message about that, and yeah, also now thinking of your the the video on your TEDx talk, like s- s- swimming on the on the ice, is uh, that definitely illustrates very well. Not uh, not thinking of impossible things. Uh, also, could you now recommend us one book that you have read and has been particularly inspiring or influential for you? I have. I've been reading a bunch of books over the years. Um, but one book that I find to be the book that challenged the way we operated back 
back earlier in my career is uh, Lean Startup. It's a book that many, many people have read, but it's a very, very well-written book because every time you read it, there will be something new that you can actually incorporate in the way you work and also in the way you live your life. And then, of course, Hacking Your Destiny is a great book, <laughs> which is the book that I'm uh, writing on myself. So it's it's a summary of, of um, all the tools and, and uh, methods that I have gathered over the years. So it's the, the Lean Startup. Yeah, Lean Startup. And is this book mostly for people who is uh, working in startups or in tech, or can be also beneficial for other audiences? What What do you think? I haven't read it yet, to be honest. Yeah, it's definitely a book that focuses on the startup world mm -hmm. and how to build efficient companies within the startup community. Uh, but if you read it be with a more creative mindset, you can make use of the methods in in so many more situations. So definitely you can, you can use it for being a keynote present presenter as well. Just need to find the methods in that book and, and convert them to something that fits your way of life. Mm -hmm. Okay, The Lean Startup by Eric Rice. Yeah. Finally, I would like to ask you that you leave us with an exercise, something practical that we can do regularly, a routine to shine. Yeah. So I have one that I really love, mm -hmm. and that is to do one new thing every day and also learn one new thing every day. But the, the method to do this is just try to do something different every day. Like, for example, if you every morning go and have a cup of coffee, mm -hmm. try to every second morning start the day by having a cup of green tea or mm -hmm. even better, try every morning to try something new some other type of tea mm -hmm. and as you leave from the office take a new route home mm -hmm. walk all the way home take a bicycle home try different ways of commuting and you will actually be empowered and inspired by every every new thing that you see and all the new impressions will help you in your everyday life to do, to find happiness and and to learn new things and to find new solutions to whatever problems that is right in front of you so yeah this last one you have said that uh, using a different way to come back from work is i don't do it every day but the, when i change it uh, i i can feel you know something inspiring in yeah. in that so you always yeah. face something different so exactly and you don't need to take a new route every day mm. you can start by doing it on, on every thursday mm -hmm. and it's better to take the route home instead of the route to the work because maybe it takes a little bit longer than you're used to oh yeah <laughs> so you are not late for the meetings <laughs> exactly Okay, great. Thanks a lot for that as and well. The, and the second thing mm -hmm. uh, about find, uh, learning something new. Oh, sure. Yes. Try, try to always learn something new. And in the end of the day, to yourself, repeat that. Like, say out loud as you go to sleep. Today I'm happy because I learned this new mm -hmm. thing. And then just say that out loud. 
And eventually you will actually see that there is so many more things that you learn every day. But if you don't, if you don't repeat this to yourself, things just pass by and you think that you never evolve and you are not happy about the way that you live your life eventually. But if you actually point these things out, you will see that there is so much more every day that's happening around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty true. We all we are maybe not every day, but mo most of the time we are learning new things, and we tend to ignore, right? So it's a it's a, it's a good practice. What you yeah. have said. Yeah. Great. Thanks a lot, Carl, for for this reflection as well. Please let us know how we can find you, find more about you on the net. What are the best ways? So there's two ways. Either you go to carllilrud.com as one word. That's K-A-R-L-L-I-L-L-R-U-D.com. Or you just search for my name on LinkedIn. There is only one with the name Carl Lilrud. Okay. Excellent. And on both uh, platforms, you'll find my contact details if you want to reach out to me regarding any particular challenge or if you want me to be your mentor or if you're looking for a speaker at the next event or if you're in some particular challenge and need some consultant uh, work and, and just a helping hand. Thank you. Thanks a lot for that. Again, it was a pleasure talking with you, Carl, and all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time, 